SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Today, the Republic of Kenya announced that it has joined the Canada-Africa Chamber of Business as a full member of the 27-year-old organization. The organization, the Canada-Africa Chamber of Business, is an independent, not-for-profit organization with strong working links with both Canadian and African businesses and governments. According to the Chamber, Kenya is a leading and one of the fastest growing economies in Africa with many attractive trade and investment opportunities across many sectors. We will hear more about this announcement, the opportunities that will be unlocked, and we'll also learn more about the Africa, I mean, more about the Canada-Africa Chamber of Business. How do they utilize world-class networking and information sharing opportunities to accelerate trade, business and investment between the continent and Canada, which is more how do they facilitate the exchange of services? Our people going to Canada, Canadians coming to Africa. Good evening, Mr. Gareth Bloor. Floor with a B. You have got a good evening to you. <laughs> <laughs> President of the Canada-Africa Chamber of Commerce. So thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. The organization itself, its wins, its challenges, 27 years ago, what the thinking behind the establishment of such a multilateral organization and certainly its successes in the period since. Well, thank you very much. Uh, It began in 1994 uh, with a visit by various leaders from South Africa, in fact, to Canada. And uh, that was the start of what was then the Canada-South Africa Chamber of Business. And in the last 27 years, that's evolved not only for all of SADC, but really to reach the entire continent. And, of course, uh, the most recent announcement being Kenya joining is certainly welcome news for us. It's all about accelerating trade and investment between Canada, uh, which is a highly um, diverse country, a member of the G7, and, of course, the African continent, which from a Canadian viewpoint um, shows immense promise and potential. Of course, very diverse, over 50 different markets with varying levels of opportunity. But nonetheless, um, our message is that the continent um, is open for business, and really it's a chamber that's led by Africans out of Canada to deepen the ties between the countries of our birth and, of course, the country where we are all located right now, which is Canada. Of course, this cannot miss the fact that in 1994, there was great political turmoil on the continent in as much as there was optimism. If you like what was happening in Rwanda represented what was going on in the region around Kigali as well, Zaire at the time, the violence that was going on there. In South Africa, there was the country was teetering on the brink of civil war, but somehow a miracle emerged and Madiba became the symbol thereof. What was in that perspective the nation Canada hoping to ultimately achieve with the continent, for the continent, achieve for itself with the help of the continent? Certainly. Well, at that time, uh, established as a Canada-South Africa chamber, Canada had been the first major G7 and Western power to uh, call for sanctions against then apartheid South Africa. And when uh, democracy dawned, South Africa, Canada stepped forward uh, and said, now's the time to deepen levels of engagement between our two countries. And that was really the beginning of it. And the idea was how trading as partners uh, through business exchanges, um, through various trade missions, could really help develop and grow 
um, both both uh, in Canada and across the African continent. At the time you allude to Rwanda, um, you know, there weren't, at that point, that wasn't part of the jurisdiction of the chamber, mm. but certainly Rwanda is a full member today and, in fact, joined last year, um, along with several other African countries. What does the inclusion or the joining of Kenya rather herald for the organization at large, but for Kenya specifically, given the fact that now it has this exclusive access to these many nations on the continent, of course, but also through Canada, specifically through this organization? I think where Kenya offers uh, you know, immense opportunity is it is recognized as a hub for those looking at East Africa. Uh, we've had events for the chamber in Johannesburg, Cape Town, Gaborone, um, and elsewhere within SADAC. But last year we had a visit by the Canadian Trade Minister with a strong focus on clean energy during our discussions in Kenya. And that was then followed by a visit by Prime Minister Trudeau to the African Union in Addis Ababa that I think just underscores um, the shifting focus to East Africa in addition to the history of the chamber across South and Southern Africa and now expanding you know, truly across the continent. And I think the message for Canadians is what's happened here in Canada is there was a lot of concern around protectionism in the United States in recent years that Canada was very dependent on the U.S. market. And we're very, we see it as a victory that Canada has recognized in its trade diversification strategy, mm. the increasing importance in Africa. In fact, one organization composed of the top 100 CEOs in Canada uh, said that Canada, Africa is central to, to the trade diversification strategy. And I think that's very important. That's very encouraging. Um, and for the enormous diaspora here in Canada, uh, you know, very often we arrive on the continent and people uh, don't realize, you know, we're, we're representing Canada. Canada is a country composed of people from all across the globe um, who are based here. Um, and it's incredible, incredibly diverse and multicultural place. And I think that helps in doing business and in understanding and trade diplomacy, which is so core to development. Mm. You talk about trade diplomacy, you talk about Africa being central to the global development, particularly in business and trade. Of course, what has since happened at the WTO, the seventh director general being of Nigerian origin, Mamangozi Okonjo Iweyela. This is something which can only speak to essentially what you've just commented on. It certainly does. And uh, for many people, that's a natural progression, I believe, and certainly the feedback we've gotten of the rising place of the African continent. You know, against all odds and against many skeptics, we've created the African continental free trade area. And I was very privileged to be at the AU in 2019 in Miami during the implementation talks. And what was key there are two things. The first is that Canada was invited to play a role as an honest, trusted third party and invited into the discussions by the African Union and by African countries as a whole. And secondly, that on the 1st of January this year, the largest free trade area geographically in the world mm-hmm. came into effect. And of course, we're in implementation, but I, as was alluded to in an event we had just this past Monday, that implementation, I think, has shocked critics and Afro-pessimists. Um, but it certainly hasn't surprised many of us who see the incredible potential that lies ahead. Let's talk about Afro-pessimism in the light of the fact that many Africans who are skilled have gone on to do great things the world over. Many of those nations who are beneficiaries are North America, particularly the United States and Canada. Now, specifically for Canada, when they say they are looking for skills, because every now and then on my social feed, there'd be Canada is looking for an X amount of professionals, expedite your visa entry by so much time. 
if I am sitting here as a South African now, given the fact that the platform is a South African and might have flirted with the idea of going to Canada to do what exactly, I'm not so sure, but just the whole nation, the whole notion of going to Canada on its own is appealing. What would you say to that person who's interested in that, in, in that thing? I think uh, we, we live in a world where when you move, it's not necessarily forever. And I think uh, our experience is a lot of people arrive in Canada expecting that they've immigrated and that uh, this is forever. But in fact, they realize that they have a wonderful base and an incredibly competitive edge by virtue of being from the continent and having connections into the incredibly diverse number of countries um, that constitute Africa. And so I would say Canada is incredibly open. It's a country that prides itself on welcoming people, and uh, everyone is welcomed with a view to becoming a Canadian and sharing in the country and its, its rich civic life. But nobody's ever asked to forget where they come from, and in fact, it's encouraged that people retain the ties um, to their countries of origin. And that's incredibly important for the development and for diplomacy. Um, you very, very often we see that coming to the forefront in the discussions and the deliberations we have. So yes, I think it's a million immigrants that Canada is looking to attract, and certainly uh, the African continent is a source. Um, but it's, it's something that I think should be seen very much in a two-way, in a mm-hmm. two-way street uh, sort of approach. Are they looking for radio talk show hosts? <laughs> I, I, we'd certainly love to have you at the chamber moderating our events, that's for sure. <laughs> L- let's talk about the nation Canada. Plenty of water. There's this conversation that's happening, particularly in the environmental space, that the next frontier between nations will be about precious resources, water in particular. Canada doesn't have that problem, not in the least. They are very close to North America, United States. They are, what, a seven-hour flight across the Atlantic to Europe, another major trading block. And not how you look at the map, but how one understands geography. They are not at all far from China because instead of moving right of a map, typically they just move left. In other words, they go back in time. Canada therefore becomes geopolitically well-placed to engage what is happening in the 21st century, particularly with these changing political times and how people are moving in our technology. Being a first world nation, that is as good as any nation specifically. You mentioned it is a two-way. What can Canada therefore equally do on the continent and with the continent? Excellent, Sangeez. I think you know your analysis. I couldn't agree more. I think one thing that we see a lot of in Canada is because the country, through successive waves of immigration, has uh, generated enormous wealth because it's a very open society. There is a lot of capital for investment, and we see incredible opportunities on the continent. Um, where people have got great ideas. It's, it's a youthful population. I think it's the most entrepreneurial place or region in the world. Bridging that when it comes to capital is the first area. And I'll just give an example in mining. Um, you know, mining is, of course, an industry where environmental concerns are vitally important. And Canada is not only led as the biggest source of capital for junior mining projects, but has really been at the forefront of looking, right, how do we ensure that natural resource extraction uh, is done in the most sustainable way, sustainable way possible, but also as a bridge towards more sustainable and renewable forms of energy. And um, so that's the first area. I think there's an incredible amount of capital and exchange that can take place of ideas of technical expertise. Um, and just last week, we were having meetings on some of the technical 
sharing of expertise with various mm. countries. Now, many of these skilled people, as you pointed out, are actually from the continent, but have of acquired PhDs, such as the president of the African Development Bank, President Adesina at the University of Calgary, and so forth. So, you know, when we speak of Canada, we're really speaking of, in so many ways, of a diaspora that engaged with the continent from, uh, from this part of North America. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, young person, contemporary with many of the issues that the world is grappling with right now, he seems for the most part one who is with a finger on the pulse. You referred to him early on. And, and, and Canada does occupy an important space, both in the G7, G20 and generally, more especially when we have seen its neighbor has lost its way a bit in terms of global leadership, the emergence of Germany, particularly in Europe, and Canada, West. The importance, therefore, of Canada holding the position that it is enjoying increasingly with a young leader, how is that going to help the continued benefit between the two interests, Canada and Africa, for another 27 years? I certainly think the type of leadership that has been seen um, over a long period of time in Canada has really resonated with the rest of the world. And I'll give two examples, one contemporary uh, with Prime Minister Trudeau. Last year, we were very privileged as a chamber to have him attend um, early in the year our African Union event. It was a business roundtable. And he really graciously came in and engaged very directly. And I think on a continent that is youthful, um, you know, that, that says a lot and it represents a lot of the aspirations that exist across Africa. But I think if you go back historically, Canada has very responsibly used its position um, oftentimes taking yes. uh, roles or making statements that aren't popular with the rest of the world at the time. And again, we allude to South Africa, where they were sanctioned as the first country to, to call um, for some very tough measures against the uh, regime in the past. The, the world has often followed Canada's lead, but I think what we see to answer the question on leadership is an incredible openness, not only openness to ideas, but Canada's built on openness to trade, both in economic peace but also a leadership piece that I think has seen the country achieve the incredible levels of success and the living standards um, that you see Canadians enjoy. And these include people who are relatively recent arrivals in the country, but who have been warmly welcomed and certainly uh, created a, uh, a life for themselves and their families, and who remain very committed, um, especially for organizations like the Canada Africa Chamber, um, to stay connected commercially mm. and socially with the continent. As one who understands particularly the dynamics of South African politics, final question, I'm going to indulge this and please indulge me. You're a former executive politician heading economic development in the city of Cape Town at age 26 being elected into parliament. How, as one who has such a strong relationship being a South African with that country and of course following her interests and fortunes, do you consider South Africa in political terms, how she weighs up, relative to her former position as a nation that was looked at in high regard, what is the outlook or what is the value, as it were, of brand South Africa now that you have an opportunity to be outside the country? I think the value remains strong. I think that the the history that South Africa has got um, is, is often looked at not just in the past few years, but let's say going back the past 20 to 25 years, so often a broader view is taken. What I have picked up is that there are some concerns uh, around issues that the country is facing, um, but there's a strong belief, to to paraphrase uh, another former president, 
that what is wrong with South Africa can be fixed with what is right with South Africa. And there are two things that come out of that. The first is a trust that South Africa internally should and will be able to address some of the major challenges. And that they are, if you look at history as a whole and you look at comparisons with other countries, I have to say personally, once you step up for a period, and I have been based here now for three years, it allows um, for a different sort of perspective, not to underscore or in any way underplay the challenges, um, but certainly to realize that uh, the potential to overcome in South Africa certainly is there. And, and we looked at a few scenarios, in fact, just this past Monday with the team in Johannesburg, where we debated various outlooks for South Africa. And in fact, it's on our website. And uh, there's certainly one that is incredibly positive. And these are all based on thinkers coming out of South Africa grappling with these questions. But I'm very privileged as a South African as well to be a part of these conversations. Um, but I think it's been very useful to, to be on the outside and to be also looking at South Africa while also looking at all the other countries on the African continent to help inform a viewpoint um, at the moment. Well, let's leave it there. Thank you so much, Gareth Bloor, President of the Canada Africa Chamber of Business. And it is hoped that many South Africans will take this opportunity to give you a call and capitalize because it is exactly a platform for that. Capitalize on the business opportunity that this platform offers. And of course, the reference for that is Lesejo Songezo and Phineas and Kanya, hashtag SAFM. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks so much.